Hello and welcome to Down to the Kitchen Review podcast, where two boxing fans sit down to dissect and discuss the very latest from the world of boxing. I'm joined once again by Harry. Uh, Harry, it's been quite a while since we've done uh, the first one of these, but obviously you've got a lot to talk about from the from the weekend, haven't we? Yeah, I think there's there were some good fights in the weekend. Uh, a lot of action happened. Yeah, there's, there's a lot to talk about. Yeah, I mean, we, we are coming on the back of uh, a very, very busy weekend of boxing where we saw, of course, the World Boxing Super Series come to Glasgow, Nao Inoue uh, fight, um, facing off against Emmanuel Rodriguez. We saw Josh Taylor fight Ivan Baranchik. Uh, and that, of course, coincided with a show at Stevenage Football Club where Joe Joyce uh, battled it out in a heavyweight clash with Alexander Ustinov and Billy Joe Saunders returned for a world title shot against Shafat Isufi, or whatever you say his name, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, sixth best German uh, super middleweight and boxer. I mean, I don't care. Um, and of course, uh, later that night, we saw Deontay Wilder uh, defend his heavyweight world title against Dominic Brazil. Let's uh, crack on, though, and start off with the World Boxing Super Series. Um, another mightily impressive performance from Neo Inoue. Uh, another early knockout to progress, of course, to the World Boxing Super Series final and claim the IBF bantamweight world title against Emmanuel Rodriguez. Uh, what did you make of his performance, Harry? I mean, it was another sort of blistering display, wasn't it? Yeah, I think it was a spectacular performance from him. You know, I think it's time we started mentioning him among uh, the pound-for-pound greats at the moment because yeah. you look at him, he's, he's a freeweight world champion. He's just He knocked out uh, Emmanuel Rodriguez, who in his own right is a very good fighter. He knocked him out in two rounds, just destroyed him, really, and... I don't think there's anyone at that weight or any of the weights uh, around there that could really, uh, you know, could really beat uh, Inoue. I think Inoue is just a level above everyone. You know, you look at his punching power, uh, it's, it's frightening, really. And I think, you know, it's hard to see him not, you know, knocking out anyone around that, uh, that, that weight class. It's just a shame he's not a bit bigger because if he was, maybe he could go up uh, even further, you know, go maybe like, like Pacquiao, become maybe a seven or you know, eight uh, weight world champion. But, I did see comments from him saying he wanted to be uh, possibly a five-weight world champion. He's already a three-weight world champion. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see uh, uh, what where he goes after the World Boxing Super Series. But, you know, certainly on Saturday, he looked fantastic. And, yeah, it's definitely time we started mentioning him amongst uh, people like Crawford and Lomachenko, I think. You mentioned he's won world titles in three different weight classes now, which is the age of 26. Um, it was it was it was a as I said a very impressive uh, performance on Saturday. Um, Rodriguez for the first round, it, he looked as if he might be somebody who may be able to take uh, Anui some rounds. Actually, it was a competitive first round. I say Anui just edged it, but then the second round, just just like that, at the click of her fingers, it's uh, it, it's you know one shot and it's lights out basically. Um, of course, it was a, a stinging left hand about 30 seconds into the second round that, that dropped Rodriguez and then that sickening body shot, crippling shot. You could see, I don't know if you saw this, like the slow motion, the pain in Rodriguez's face um, yeah. with, with that body shot. It was it was quite something. Um, where, you know, you mentioned um, putting him up there sort of with a pound for pound greats at the moment. You, you know, the obvious names like Crawford, Spence, Usyk, Canelo, etc., etc. Where would you place him? Would you place him top 10, top five? Where are you placing him at the moment? Um, for me, I think he's definitely going to be top five, top six, I think, um, just because, you know, Emmanuel Rodriguez is a very good fighter and he's completely destroyed him. And, you know, maybe before then you could say, well, some of the guys he's been, you know, destroying with these uh, sort of showreel knockouts, maybe some of them were not, you know, particularly uh, well-known or particularly top-level fighters. So perhaps you could you could say, well, you know, is he really that good? Has he really been tested yet? But certainly on Saturday, I thought, you know, he was undoubtedly 
you know, that was one of the biggest tests of his career and he knocked the guy out in two rounds. So he's certainly up there, but, you know, he's not quite at the level, obviously, of someone like Canelo, Lomachenko, you know, guys like that, Usyk. He, he hasn't achieved what they've achieved quite yet in terms of, you know, the beating, you know, some of these incredible uh, guys that, that they've beaten. But I think certainly he's uh, he's up there with, with what he's achieved and, uh, you know, he's very impressive. You have, you, it's hard not to be impressed by him and I think he's only going to uh, become more well-known and you know, people will will start uh, you know, putting him in there amongst uh, those guys at the top of the pound pound lists. Of course, he progresses to the final of the World Boxing Super Series against uh, Denaire. Um, does does Denaire, um face one of the hardest tasks in boxing, trying to get past this guy in the final? Yeah, definitely. I think Denaire, you know, he's, he's certainly past his best. Uh, you know, a few years ago, maybe he could have uh, had uh, more success against uh, Inoue, but I think it's going to be very hard to to see him. It's very hard to see him, you know, coming away with you know the win there, I think it's hard to see him not being knocked out really in the early rounds. I think uh, Denaire, he's had a lucky route to the final actually with uh, Burnett getting injured in his first uh, first round fight and then uh, the semi-final uh, his opponent uh, Tete pulled out with injury before the fight so I think you know Denaire will obviously have a game plan to try and beat him he'll obviously believe that, that he can but it's very hard to see anything but you know, an early knockout in that fight and I think in a way we'll just be, be too good for him yeah, it's hard to sort of disagree with that. Um, it was, of course, a great show on, um, at Glasgow uh, on Saturday with Josh Taylor, obviously, uh, of course, fighting as well in front of a home crowd. He got the unanimous decision win over Ivan Baranchik. Um, of course, now himself progresses to the World Boxing Super Series final, a chance to unify his division against Regis Progress. Um, what did you make of his performance? Again, it was um, it was an interesting one coming into this. Um uh, but yeah, you know, of course, knocked down uh, Branchik twice in the sixth round. I think that was the that was the tipping point, wasn't it? It was, but it was a a really good performance from Taylor, wasn't it? Yeah, I was really impressed by him. I think people now can start uh, putting him in there amongst the top British fighters. Certainly uh, active today. I think he's uh, yeah one of the best around. Uh, you know, he's he, he, Branchik is uh, is a good fighter. Branchik is obviously was world champion, and but Taylor, you know. People could say this was his first uh, big, big test, and uh, he certainly passed it with flying colours. I thought, you know, he, the knockdown uh, or two knockdowns in that that round were, you know, very impressive. And but even without those knockdowns, you know, I think I had him winning the fight by a few rounds. You know, I think he uh, he was very impressive and dominated from start to finish. Really, there were obviously a few few moments where Branchik uh, had him under pressure, but I think we coped really well with them. And yeah, I think that the final will be, be very interesting. I mean, Branchik um, is a is a tough, tough man, isn't he? I mean, you, you, you two quite heavy knockdowns in that sixth round, and the way he regained his composure. I mean, he, you know, yeah, he's got the, he's lost his own now. He's got the defeat on his record, but he still has a, a future in the game, doesn't he? I mean, he he did impress me despite obviously falling to defeat. Yeah, absolutely. I thought you could see uh, Freddie Roach the, the impact he'd had on him. You know, I thought Branchik, you know, he, he he's a tough guy, but he, he did look like he had a, a good game plan, and certainly for a few of those rounds, the, through the rounds that he won, you could see you know what his game plan was. You could see that you, you know, what what he'd been working on, and some of that did come to, uh, you, you know, you could see see what uh, an impact that had made on him. But I thought you know he just came up against a guy who was just you know a level above him really, and you know Josh Taylor now obviously with a chance to, to unify the division uh, against uh, Regis Progress, and yeah, I. Wouldn't back against him doing that. 
Mm. I, I wanted to talk to you briefly about the um, the relationship between or the dynamic between Brancic and, and Freddie Roach. He's obviously a new newish trainer. Um, because Branchik, it's English isn't exactly he's not fluent. So what's the what do you imagine the um the corner relationship like? Because obviously Branchik almost trying to work out what Freddie Roach is trying to say in the corner. Is that is that a, a good dynamic? I mean, it, it sound it doesn't sound like it. Um, I'm not sure really. I mean, obviously, yeah, Branchik from from Belarus. Uh, I know he's been uh, uh, you know in uh, been living in the US for a while, but yeah, his English isn't uh, particularly great. So. I think, yeah, yeah, I don't know how that, that really works. I mean, I suppose, you know, Freddie Roach, obviously, you know, maybe just, I don't know if he can have the full sort of impact that he has on, you know, guys like maybe Tyson Fury or whoever he's uh, been involved with in the past, you know, when the guy can't necessarily understand everything he says. But, you know, I'm sure that they find a way to make it work. And, yeah, it's probably better to have Freddie Roach than some some guy just because he uh, he speaks the same language, you know, he's, probably not going to be on the same level of trainer as Freddie Roach, even if you can't understand everything he says, I'm sure, you know, he's, he's still having a, a big impact on him. Yeah, well, let's move on now from uh, from the WBSS. Uh, it was obviously a great night of boxing there. Um, over in Stevenage, it wasn't quite as, uh, as, as you know, glamorous, let's say. No. Um, of course, Joe Joyce uh, took on Alexander Ustinov. Uh, Billy Joe Saunders returned for a super middleweight world title shot. Uh, let's talk about Joyce first. Um, of course, he uh, secured the third round uh, stoppage over Alexander Ustinov, 42-year-old. Um, it was almost watching a flight in slow motion at times. I mean, they're not the most dynamic or quick of, of, of fighters, are they, Joyce or Ustinov? Um, what, what did you make of the fight, and 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 where you know where do you think Joyce goes now? Uh, well, it, it wasn't uh, a very good fight, was it? I mean, it. You know, it was it was really was like uh, watching a fight in slow motion. You're right. It's uh, you know, Ustinov is 43 years old. He's you know, it's it's time for him to hang up the gloves. Certainly, you know, what, what a, bit of a waste of time I thought. Really, I mean, obviously, it's a good name for Joyce's record, but I don't know how much really he can learn from a fight like that, where a guy is obviously so, you know, so past his best. So you know, can barely even move in there. And uh, you know, Joyce himself is uh, often being accused of uh, being quite stiff. So you know, you thought maybe it would have been better for him to. Being there with someone who could actually move a bit and could, you know, cause him some yeah. problems, but you know, yeah, is a good name for him on his on his record. But the fight itself was just, yeah, Joyce dominated and you know, eventually obviously got the got the win by stoppage. But you know, I don't know how much Joyce learned from that. I don't know how much we can take away from that. And you know, can, can you really uh, judge Joyce uh, much after a fight like that? You know, I don't know. I think he. Uh, I don't know if he's good enough really to, to take on the top names, but you know guys like uh, Gorman, Dubois, you know the other guys in uh, Frank Warren's stable. Uh, you know I certainly think he could be a match for them, but you know that that fight just against Usnov is a uh, pretty awful fight really. Hmm. I've got my sort of standpoint on Joyce is he's 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 got really ferocious power. But he's too stiff and robotic for the top guys, in my opinion. Um, and again, on uh, on Saturday, I wasn't. I, I didn't come away from that fight thinking anything different to what I've been thinking before. Um, who, who do you think Joyce fights now? I mean, there's been talk of. I mean, he's going to fight on this uh, on this card coming up in a couple of months. This this Dubois Gorman uh, show, uh, the O2. 
who, who do you think is, would be a, a good test for this? Talk of a sort of top 10, 15 heavyweight. I mean, you, you, I suppose you're, they're looking at sort of people like Povetkin, Parker, you know, those those kind of names. Who do you think um, Joyce would be a good test for Joyce? And do you think do you think he'd be able to to mix it with the likes of Parker and Povetkin? Um, well, I mean, Povetkin obviously he is a, a great heavyweight, but he's he's quite old now, so maybe that could be one that. Uh, Joyce could go for, and you know, if he imagine if Joyce knocked out Povetkin, people would start taking him very seriously. Obviously, Ortiz was a fight that uh, he wanted. They mm. were trying to get. They did. Uh, you know, there was a video of them shaking hands on the fight, but it's obviously not happened now. And now Joyce has left uh, PBC, uh, which seeing that fight is is very unlikely to to maybe ever happen, probably. So you know, there's been. T- I saw there was talk of uh, potentially him taking on uh, Caballero for the European title on that mm. uh, on that bill, which. Could be an interesting fight, you know. Could be become European champion. That you know, that maybe that's the right route to go. You know, and then look for either the winner of uh, Tabar against Gorman later in the year, or potentially, yeah, someone like Parker or Povetkin. Because uh, obviously, at his age, he needs to move quickly because if he, he can't stand still. Because you know, his time's going to go. You know, he's only probably got maybe a couple more years at, at this sort of level before he starts, you know, just dropping off and, and losing, you know, losing some of his power and so I think you know, he does need to move quick and hopefully he'll keep fighting regularly and uh, he'll start you know fight, hopefully he'll fight one of the top guys you know, in terms of you know top 15 uh, guy before the end of the year. Mm, I'm yet to be convinced by Joyce but it'll be interesting to see where he goes and sort of uh, of course with Frank Warren now um, let's move on to uh, to sort of the main event at Stevenage the Lamech Stadium uh, Billy Joe Saunders, of course, uh, secured a world title, became a two-weight world champion. Um, I mean, I suppose it went sort of exactly as uh, as we expected, really, didn't it? I mean, Saunders dominating basically all of the rounds. Um, you know, what, what 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 can we learn from that, if anything? I don't think you can learn much from it, really. I mean, Isafui is, uh, you know, he shouldn't really be challenging for world title, should he? I think that's just a joke that he was uh, he ever got that shot and you know it just you know th- there was obviously one moment in the fight where uh, Saunders you know was backed up against the ropes and looked uh, a little bit under some pressure but other than that he just dominated the whole fight and you know what can you learn from it not a lot really I think you know it was good performance by Saunders yes but against uh, someone who just is not on uh, anywhere near his level so you know it's good to see him back out there it's good to see him with a world title again but you know he needs uh he needs some, some big fights before the end of the year. And, you know, he, this, hopefully he, he fights again in uh, talk of possibly the, the, the Wild Gorman card. He might be on that as well. So hopefully he does fight again on there and, uh, and moves quickly because he needs, uh, he needs to start fighting his incredible names. Because still, if you look at his record, you know, he hasn't fought that many uh, many good names. Certainly recently, he hasn't really fought anyone uh, anyone of note. So, yeah, he needs, he needs uh, a big fight. Hmm, yeah, I mean, it was, of course... Uh, you know, just over two years ago, nearly two years ago, where he beat David Lemieux in Canada, which I still think is is up there with one of the more impressive um, performances of a British fighter on sort of foreign soil. Um, but he's not really kicked on since then. Of course, he's had the drug span, he's had the controversies. I think would would you go along by saying that if he just gets his head screwed on Billy Joe Saunders, that he can still be uh, a credible name and a real challenger um, within either the middleweight or super middleweight division. Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, Ben Davidson said that he'd never see, and Tyson Fury as well, both said they'd never seen uh, Billy Joe Saunders this focused, uh, 
which is a good thing because you know, he, he's done some silly things in the past. Uh, the, the drugs ban, obviously, the uh, and, and just uh, he'd been injured a lot. So it was good to see him back focused. And it's just a shame that, that after that Lemieux fight, he just lost all momentum. Because that was, as you said, that was a, a great performance from him. But mm. you know, if he can get back to that level, we can uh, you know regain sort of that sort of momentum and get a, a big win under his belt. Then yeah, I think you know it's just it's going to be difficult for him to to get these big fights with uh, where the, the names that he was mentioning with, with who they're signed to and you know, all the complications with the the network deals and everything promoters and things. But you know if he can get one of these big fights, then I think certainly you can click on him. Still still a big name in uh, in the whichever whichever one of those divisions he decides to uh, fight in. What about his sort of future weight-wise? I mean, he's he's moving, he's moved up to one six eight. I don't know how if that's going to be temporary or permanent switch um, in weight division. Um, he was calling out Callum Smith after the after the fight um, and talking about potential fight for a, for a unification at, uh, at super middleweight. Um, do you think? I mean, are people like Callum Smith too big to be to be sort of for Billy Joe to see mixing with? I mean, could you think he could genuinely challenge at one six eight? I mean, it's not looking the strongest of divisions from my. Uh, you know, from my eyes, anyway. Uh, when you look at the, the champions there, um, Anthony Durrell with the WBC and Caleb Plant with the IBF. But do you think Saunders could mix it with the likes of Smith, um, who, of course, himself has, has been pretty inactive recently and still, I think, due to fight on the um, Madison Square Garden June first card. But do you think uh, Saunders could could beat someone like that? Um, I, I think Cal Smith is too big and too good for him at that weight you know i think certainly he could beat someone like uh Durrell or you know, plant maybe i think he, he could obviously beat someone like that but you know he'd become a unified champion at, at super middleweight but it still wouldn't be uh you know a massive name on, on his record so i think he's a lot better off at middleweight i think that's his natural weight i think uh you know someone uh, one of the fights you know, like against someone like Kolovkin or uh, you know Canelo, that would be the sort of fight that you want to see Billy Saunders in because that would really tell us how good he is against mm. someone like that. But uh, you know, I think Cam Smith is uh, too big and and just Cam Smith is just a, a better fighter, I think, at that weight, much better than Billy Saunders. And I don't think you could uh, certainly the, the fight against Sifuri. I don't think you could take much away from that as to which weight you should be fighting at because. You know, it's a fury, probably whatever weight they thought Billy Desaunas would have beaten him. So, yeah, I think middleweight mm. is where he should should fight at. But if he can't get the fights there, then yeah, that's what, middleweight. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. That's what I was going to say. You know, that are the avenues shut off at one sixty? Is that is that the reason why he's he's he's, he's moved up? Because obviously, you look at the um the champions at, at middleweight. Um, it's Canelo, obviously, uh, the unified champion, and Demetrius Andrade. Um, I mean, he, you know, depending on what you believe, he sort of turned that fight against Andrade down. Um, I mean, was that a mistake, or is he playing this smart and thinking that maybe there are just more winnable titles um, upper weight division? Um, I think. Well, I think obviously this this title was effectively like a free title, really. Yeah. Uh, against Safuri, and you know, obviously you will not going to turn that down, are you? Chance to become a two two weight world champion. Uh, win another belt, but uh, I think 160. What fights are there for him? It's hard to see. You know, Andrade was a fight that obviously originally he was Andrade was was Billy Saunders' mandatory when he started the belt, and that fight was going to happen. And obviously he lost the belt, but uh, you know due to the drugs ban. But you know the fight was off to him again. And I think he really should have taken that because 
it, you know, super middleweight, what is there for him there? There's there's not really a lot other than Callum Smith, who is obviously signed with Matchroom and that, that makes the, that fight quite hard to make. And mm. obviously there is potentially the re, a rematch with, uh, with Chris Eubank Jr. But uh, Frank Warren's comments after after the show at uh, Stevenage, he was saying uh, that he doesn't think Eubank wants to fight at all. So, yeah, what, what fights are there for him at 168? Not, not I can't really see see many that are that available to him that are that that interesting. So one sixty is if he got the title off Andrade, beaten Andrade, then you know the, the Canelo fight would have happened because Canelo wants to become uh, undisputed champion. So uh, the, the Golovkin fight also he would talk of Julio uh, Saunders in his, his post fight interview on Saturday night saying uh, you know he'd signed the fight Golovkin twice uh, apparently and that fight. It still hadn't happened, so mm. you know I don't know how true that is, but uh, you know that's another fight, Golovkin. Even though there's no no belt on the line there, that would be a massive fight if he could beat beat Golovkin. So uh, yeah, I think the Andrade fight he should have taken that because that uh, uh, middleweight is the weight where you know he, he's best at, and that's the weight where he would, if he'd beaten Andrade, got guaranteed a massive shot against uh, Canelo or, or Golovkin for sure. Or, uh, for sure. Mm. Mm, yeah, interesting stuff. I mean, let's move on um, to, of course, the third show really of the weekend in New York, uh, where Deontay Wilder was defending his uh, his heavyweight title against Dominic Brazil. Um, there's not too much really to dissect from this because it barely, you know, it didn't last very long. Um, Deontay Wilder blitzing Dominic Brazil in a round, uh, another vicious showreel knockout to add to the collection for for the bronze bomber. I mean, there have been question marks over Deontay Wilder for as long as I can remember, really, about whether he's a, a real credible champion. Of course, there's been, you know, people have questioned his opponents, um, the level of his opponents. Do you think he's starting to prove himself now? Or is this another situation where somebody who's not really of that level has stepped into the ring and, 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 and sort of allowed Wilder to just secure one of those other showbill knockouts? Or is he really starting to prove himself as a, as a credible world champion with the heavyweight division? Um, well, I think people are obviously going to draw comparisons between uh, his fight against Brazil and, and Joshua's, but but Joshua's was uh, you know a long a long time ago when he had had a lot less fights, and obviously that that was ending the seventh round. This see the first round knockout was a spectacular knockout, but you know even even during the fight, you know you saw Wilder's vulnerability. You know there was a time, even though the fight only went on for you know two two minutes or whatever, there was uh, you know there was the moment where where Brazil did did hit hit Wilder and. Uh, you know, Wilder looked looked like he was uh, was was hurting a bit, and if that's uh, Joshua that lands a shot like that on Wilder, then you know Wilder not getting up. So, you know, I think that, that from that fight, what you can't, I don't think you can take much away because Brazil is uh, not on the same level as as any of the top guys. You know, he's, you know, I think someone like Dylan White would would knock Brazil out, let, let alone uh, Wilder. So, you know, I think. Yeah, well, it, it was a big, uh, was that you know, show real knockout was you know very impressive, but at the same time, you know, Brazil is just not on his level. So I think what you know what this Wilder Joshua fight just just has to happen at some point. It has to happen next, really, yeah, because Wilder, you know, how long can he go on just knocking these guys out, you know, in the first round or whatever? You know, it, it mean it doesn't mean anything until he, uh, you know, he, he proved himself against uh, one of the top guys, obviously. Fury that fight, you know, most people thought he, he lost that fight. So, mm. you know, I think you know, there's, there's still question marks over Wilder in terms of just how good he is, because 
you know, knocking knocking guys out who aren't on his level, is that really that impressive? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, one of the big question marks really for Deontay Wilder has been over his technique, but I'm sort of starting to think that, you know, sure the, the sheer definition of the word technique is just something that works, and this is working for Deontay Wilder. As you see, his record sort of speaks for itself at this point. Um, do, I mean, of course, when 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 you talk about Deontay Wilder, you have to talk about Anthony Joshua as well, and and the potential fight between the two. I mean, do you think that's on the horizon? Because I'm, you know, we're hearing from from now uh, Shelley Finkel, we're hearing from Deontay Wilder saying this fight will happen definitely, definitely. But he's also saying there's got loads of obligations. I'm hearing, I think I saw from Mike Coppinger that he's scheduled, he's already sort of. Um, obligated to fight um, uh, Lewis Ortiz and then Adam Kawanaki. So, I mean, is it going to be a couple of years maybe before this fight fight happens? And is it going to sort of be sort of too late, really, or, or you know, past the point where it's it's still sort of as interesting as it is now? Um, I mean, I think as long as it happens in the next, uh, yeah, sort of two two years. Hopefully, it happens you know, sooner than that. But as long as it does happen within the next two years, I think you know there will still be a lot of interest. In it because you know everyone wants to see these guys fight. You know this is the the, the biggest fight in boxing I think in, in terms of you know a lot of bad blood. But you know there's also generally it's a hard one to call. You know it could go either way. And I think I just I hope it does happen soon. But from from the sounds of, of what you know Shelley Finkel and Wilder's team saying, even though they are saying they think that the fight will happen, it doesn't seem like it's going to be happening next or even in the the fight after that. You know yeah like you said it does seem like Wilder has for some reason, agreed to, to give Ortiz a rematch and then fight Kawanaki, which I don't understand at all, because why why give Ortiz a rematch? He's already knocked him out. And then why why fight Kawanaki? Because Kawanaki's just a prospect. You know, he's literally does nothing really for, for Wilder's career. You know, even if he knocks him out in the first round, you know, it's just, everyone's just going to say, well, well Kawanaki's just not, not the level that we thought he was. You know, he's just, like, people just start calling Kawanaki a bum, won't they? And, and they won't really give Wilder any credit for, for that. So, I don't really see why he's, he's he's fighting these guys. You know, he's not going to make anywhere near the money he would from a Joshua fight. So, just 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 make make the Joshua fight next. You know, I think the longer it goes on, uh, not this fight not happening, the better it is for for Anthony Joshua. I think because he he still only adds what is it? You know, 20, 21, 21, 22. He's twenty two fights. Yeah, twenty two. Yeah. So you know, he he hasn't had many fights, and yet he's only going to get better. You know, he's still learning. He, as, as, much as he's a unified champion, he holds uh, three of the world uh, world title belts at heavyweight. He, uh, you know, he's still learning. And uh, whereas Wilder, you know, he's had so many fights now that you know he's, he's uh, you know, he's, he's a seasoned fighter now. He's past the, the point of you know really learning, learning and improving. Whereas Joshua is still improving. He, he's still inexperienced enough to be. You know, that the more fights he has, the better he's going to become. And I just think it's a mistake that, that Wilder's letting it go on this long. You know, he's it, the fight should just just happen next. It should happen at the end of this year. But I think, unfortunately, it seems unlikely. Mm, yeah, I mean, it's, a, it's, it's, it's a, of course a frustrating situation where you've got three fighters that I think within you know, 10, 20 years' time we'll look back on and think this is a really great era for, for the heavyweight division in terms of the quality of fighters that are at the top in terms of Fury, Joshua, Wilder. But none of them are fighting each other. And that's, of course... Enormously frustrating. Um, I just want to talk briefly about um, Deontay Wilder's sort of the, his way at the moment. I mean, he's, he's talking about um, that, you know, bringing that body on the record stuff back up before the fight. I mean, what did you make of that? Because, it, you know, when, when, you're, when you're saying stuff like that, it's, it's, 
I mean, it was it was met for a lot of controversy, wasn't it? And uh, yeah. and rightly so, you would think. Yeah, I, I didn't didn't like this comment at all. I thought, yeah, well, you don't need to say things like that. You know, he, he's saying he's speaking as if he actually would would be happy if uh, if Brazil, if, if, you know, died in the ring. You know, it's almost as if you know he wants to wants to kill Brazil in the ring, and it's you know he's saying you know this this is the only sport where where it's legal to kill a man. So so why wouldn't I? But you know, this is not. I know, obviously, boxing is, is, you know, it's often called, you know, a gentleman's sport, and I think that's, you know, maybe a bit of an exaggeration, considering people are punching themselves, you know, in, in the in the face. <laughs> you know, it's not really a, a gentleman's sport, but at the same time, you know, it is a sport of, of respect, and, you know, it's, I don't, I don't like those comments, you know, I don't see, why is he making those comments, you know, is he just trying to boost his profile, is he just trying to, you know, create some contro- controversy, I don't know, because, you know, I, I know, Johnny Nelson was, was I saw Johnny Nelson interviewed and, and he was saying how he's he's worked with uh, with his, uh, with Wilder sorry on uh, on commentary before and commentary and he, and he said you know that uh, Wilder's not like that when he was with him you know he, he wouldn't have thought that Wilder would set a comment like that so you know he was suggesting maybe it is just you know to boost his profile and cause some controversy which you know I'd understand but even so you know you don't need to be making comments like that you know talking about killing someone because. You know, imagine if Brazil had actually died in the ring. You know, imagine if Brazil mm. after that knockout, you know, had had you know some sort of brain bleed or something and and, and passed away. You know, while while the, you know he could have been done for murder. You know, it's 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 serious stuff. You know, when you're talking about killing someone in the ring in a sport where people could actually die and and, and speaking as if you actually wanted to happen. You know, that's just not right. Mm-hmm. I don't disagree. I think you know mainly let's. Let's just assume this is a sort of ticket-selling exercise, yeah. but it's still, you know, I, I just, I just don't see who's going to be attracted by. It. Who's going to think, oh wow, well, we might see somebody die. Or let's tune in, like, yeah. or let's buy tickets. It's just, it's just weird. But um, anyway, you know, let's 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 sort of round up this discussion by by sort of saying that, you know, let's just, let's discuss uh, where do we think Wilder, you know, in a year's time, Deontay Wilder, Anthony Joshua, do you think? They'll have fought each other, and if not, you know, where where do you think their careers are going in the next sort of twelve months or so? Um, I think I think the fight will happen next year. I don't know of any year's time it will happen. I think maybe it will be towards the back end of next year. If if Wilder really is having these fights against Ortiz and, and Karnaki, then it will be you know Ortiz will happen in uh, you know the autumn this year, and then you think Karnaki will be in the spring of uh, next year, and then Joshua fight could happen at the end of next year. So. You know, I, I, I'd hope, I at least hope that there's been some more dialogue. It, it does seem at the moment that, uh, you know, at least Wilder and his team are talking to, you know, DeZone about, you know, potentially doing a deal for this fight. You know, he, he's he's reportedly going to be ringside at uh, Joshua's fight against Andy Ruiz on, on June 1st. So, um, you know, I think it's just it's a fight that needs to happen because the longer it doesn't, you know, these two are going to be... Uh, and and also you obviously the, the fighting against Fury as well, bring Fury into the mix. You know those, all of these fights, you know, they need to happen, and just it's really unfortunate that they haven't yet. But I'm I'm confident that next year we will get one of these these big fights, and I think it will probably be uh, against Joshua because that seems like the easiest one to make at the moment, with obviously Fury uh, having his big ESPN deal, which sort of restricts uh, what he can do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, let's let's move on to. So any other business where you know we'll talk about what else is going on in the boxing world and, and there's been a couple of sort of relatively big fight announcements or exciting ones anyway i think one of the 
main mainly exciting ones really, considering the heavyweight division is is mainly made up of sort of frustration at the moment with fights not being made. Uh, it was quite refreshing to see uh, Nathan Gorman uh, against Daniel Dubois announced for the British title. I thought it's been talked up for a while. Two guys coming up through the ranks, two prospects that have had beef for a while. Um, how, how do you see that one going on uh, in a couple of months' time at the O2? I mean, it's it's it's. I think most people are sort of edging towards Dubois, maybe because. I think he sort of looks the part a little bit more than Gorman, yeah. I feel. Um, what, what do you think on that? Yeah, I think I think people are sort of just going for Dubois because, you know, he looks a bit like Anthony Joshua in terms yeah. of physique, in terms of, you know, he's, he's, a, he's a muscly guy, you know, whereas Nathan Gorman, he, he looks he looks a bit like Tyson Fury, doesn't he? You know, he's just mm. a bit of, a, bit of a, a chubby guy. But, you know, I think, I think people are underestimating Nathan Gorman. I, I don't see too much between these two. I think so far in their careers, what what have they, what have they done? They've both fought, you know, not not no one really of, of any note, and they've knocked them all out really, and you know most of the time in uh, pretty pretty comfortably. So I think it's going to be uh, a tough fight to call. You know, I, I don't see why people are a lot of people seem to be saying you know the wild wins this one easy, and I, I don't see that because I think Gorman is a, is a very good fighter. Gorman, you know, he, he does sort of fight a bit like Fast and Fury. You know, he's not uh, the biggest puncher, but he's a good mover. And uh, I, I see this being a very close fight, and I'm actually edging towards Gorman now. I think uh, Dubois maybe is, you know, even though he's only a year younger, I think I'm not sure if he's quite ready for this this big test yet. Whereas I think Nathan Gorman, his style is, is better suited to to uh, you, you know sort of moving to, to big tests quicker. You know, he's, uh, he's like I said, he's a good mover. He's uh, I, I could see him uh, frustrating Dubois on the night and uh, potentially coming over the win. Yeah, I'm sort of edging towards Gorman as well at the moment, actually. Um, I'm not sure whether I just like to sort of pump for the underdog, but no, I think he's um, he's slippery, he's a good mover. Uh, Dubois, I'm, I'm still yet to sort of see um, Daniel Dubois really uh, in a in a tough fight, and this is what this is what's always difficult when you're trying to bring somebody up through, through the ranks. You want to sort of have somebody take you rounds. But at the same time, you don't want them to have a chance of actually winning. Um, yeah. But I, I, th- I think, and I think, you know, he did show sort of a a little bit of vulnerability in his last fight against uh, was it was it Lati Richard Lati. Um, yeah. Uh, I think he showed a little little bit of vulnerability there. Um, Gorman's last fight, you can't read anything into really a fight with Kevin Johnson because he just stands up there against the ropes taking punches for 12, 10, 12 rounds. Um, but I, I just, I, I've got a feeling Gorman might, might surprise a few people, and uh, I'm looking forward to that fight. It's one of the fights I'm sort of looking forward to. But it's, it says a lot about heavyweight division that probably one of the yeah. biggest fights of the year will end up. Yeah, being, that that, that one and, uh, and 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 Allen against uh, Price probably yeah. the two best uh, fights. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's frustrating. But um, we'll talk about, um, of course, uh, Allen and, and whatnot uh, in, in a future podcast. But uh, yeah, uh, one of the other. Um, fights that's been announced very recently is uh, Manny Pacquiao uh, against Keith Thurman for the WBA welterweight title uh, has been announced. That's the constant debate in boxing is when any fight or pay-per-view fight announces, is this pay-per-view worthy? So, I mean, is this pay-per-view worthy? Um, well, you've got to remember that it's not uh, it's not the, the, tw- the 20, uh, 20 pounds that we pay in the uh, UK. It's, it's going to be $70. This. Mm. And for a fight where you know, Pacquiao He's, he, obviously he does have uh, the regular title, but you know he's 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 past his best. I think most people would agree. You know he's still still a good fighter, but uh, you know he's he's not he's not at the level he was. And then Keith Thurman, you know obviously he's, uh, he's undefeated world champion. You know he's a 
he looks impressive uh, when, I, when I've seen a few of his fights in the past. But I think, you know, is he really that, that big of a name? You know, he's certainly nowhere near got the profile of someone like Crawford or Spence. So, you know, how well will this, this fight really do on, on pay-per-view at, at $70? I'm not sure. You know, and, and the undercards, as they usually are for these big American fights, are very poor. You know, in, in the UK, we, we normally get, you know, at least, you know, I know people people like to complain, but we do normally get good undercards in the UK, whereas for, for the pay-per-view shows, whereas in, in the US, normally it's just prospects in, in one-sided fights. You know, I saw uh, Eddie Hearn was recently was saying how, um, you know, on the, I think it was the, uh, the the Spence Garcia fight where all of the, the fighters who were, uh, you know, on, on one side of the bill, on the, you know, the, the big the big name fighters, they all won. You know, there was no upsets. There was no, you know, all the, all the favorites won, won their fights on the whole card, which, you know, and, and I don't think uh, they even won around any of the, uh, you know, the sort of away fighters on that card. So I think, you know, and you take that into account, that it will probably be another similar sort of level of undercard. Um, I think it's it's quite hard to, uh, to say that this is really worthy of, of paying seventy dollars for. But the main event should be an interesting one. Uh, I, I personally think Keith Thurman will work too much for Pacquiao. I think I don't rate Thurman as 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 good as the likes of Crawford or Spence, but I think Pacquiao. You know that uh, the Pacquiao that uh, there is now, you know, the, the level that he is, uh, with the age that he is, I think Keith Berman should uh, should have enough to beat him. I think. Mm. I really, I do really like this fight actually. Um, I think it's the right fight at the right time for both of these guys actually. Yeah. I think with Pacquiao, um, sorry, Thurman having sort of quite a long um, hiatus from the sport, you know, through injury and and whatnot, he's been inactive for a long time. I think he's had one fight uh, in the last sort of two years. I think coming back. This is a good fight. It'll be a good test for him. And I think Pacquiao, obviously, at his age, how many more world title shots is he realistically going to get? Um, it, it, it's a big opportunity for him to, to win another world title. I personally, I've, I think Pacquiao is going to, I think it's going to be a good fight, but I think, I think I'm edging towards Pacquiao on this one. I'm edging towards him. I don't know if that's due to sentiment or what, what it is, but uh, I don't know. I, I just feel, I feel this is a good fight. And I, I feel... One of the main things I look for when for fight announcements is, can you sort of easily predict this fight? I don't think you can easily predict this fight. I think it, there is. I'm not going to call it 50-50, but because I think you know Thurman probably come in the, the favourite um, for this one probably. But it's 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 definitely competitive, and I'm looking forward to it. Um, so you, I was going to ask what your predictions are, but you've sort of already sort of stated you think Thurman's going to. Yeah. Um, yeah. If, if you, are you, is that you know what, what, what are you thinking about that? Because I've seen I think on social media the sort of stuff that I've seen. I think a few people have been uh, edging towards Pacquiao, but I'm not sure whether that's just again people love Manny Pacquiao or whether that's people genuinely think he's going to win. Uh, well, I, I think part of it is probably uh, that, that you know people do love Pacquiao. People want just want Pacquiao to win this fight because you know he's a legendary fighter, but. You know, and also, I'm sure part of it is Furman's inactivity and the fact that in his mm. last fight, you know, he didn't actually look that good in his last fight, you know, which was no. his first fight back after a long layoff. You know, he, he was in trouble at the times in that fight. So I think uh, it, it's, I, I can see why Pacquiao is, is, is favoured by a lot of people, but I just think you know, Furman is, is, a, is a very good fighter. I think he, uh, he's got to be, I, I've got to go with him, I've got to side with him. Uh, I, think, you know, I think he will win on points because. Pacquiao, he's 
he's, you know, you saw in the Broner fight, you know, although he dominated the fight, you know, you could see that he was, you know, I think if you compared that to, you know, somebody's fights, you know, his great fights in the past, you know, he's, he's certainly not, not as good as he was. And that's obviously to be expected at his age. Um, I just think Berman will, will have too much for him. And I, I do believe it will be a good fight, though. I, um, you know, it, it will be an interesting fight. And, yeah, it, it will be quite a close one, I think. Hmm. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm probably going to go for Pacquiao at this stage, but I'll probably change my mind several times before the fight actually happens. So yeah. uh, we'll talk about that a little bit nearer the time. Um, that just about rounds up this week's uh, this week's podcast. Um, thanks, Harry, for joining me. Thank you. And uh, and uh, we'll see you again, uh, probably um, closer to Anthony Joshua's heavyweight fight against Andy Ruiz. We'll be talking about that probably nearer the time. Uh, if you have any feedback on this podcast, uh, you like what you've heard or think that we can improve it in certain ways, uh, tweet us at D4TCBoxing on Twitter and, uh, and let us know your thoughts. Uh, this has been uh, Down for the Count and we'll see you again very soon. Mm-hmm.